Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our heroes made their way up the Iron Road with great haste in hopes of helping Esmia regain her lost 40 years. AC flew up ahead to do some recon and came back with some gruesome news. Something foul was hidden in the woods. A mass grave. But that investigation was put on hold as the party decided to continue forth to fire hammer hold. Soon they arrived at the hostel that the Bard Dameron mentioned when they were back at the Sticky Pickle. Inside, they found inviting accommodations, as well as a secret peephole. But the accommodations quickly became uninviting when Jake and Elric suddenly found themselves surrounded by strange-looking gray dwarves. Durgar battle! Knockers were whapped! Dwarfy rules were followed! Scrolls were whipped out! Dogs did not play cards! While Jake and Elric battled four gray dwarves in the main room, Cullen was trying to prevent more foes from entering through a secret door in another room. Jake tossed Oifanyin's shrew maid, which caused one Duogar to become suddenly fascinated by his own thumbs. This gave our heroes the upper hand as they whittled down the subterranean dwarves. Meanwhile, in the other room, Cullen's luck and strength ran out, and more enemies poured into the hostel. Though outnumbered and surrounded, Cullen held back the gray usurpers, even while teetering on the brink of death. Soon the rest of the party rushed to his aid, and victory seemed imminent. But one of the sneaky duogar got away and ran back through the secret door. Not ready to face a horde of duogar that they now surmised had overtaken Firehammer Hold, they decided to cut and run. Retreat! Is Jack still inside the hold? And how many dwarves will they have to fight to find him? What are Girl Scout cookies? And how can I get a box? Are thumbs really that crazy? I mean, they're just fingers. Eh, is it really that hard to say dual wielding do wielding duogar? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge and the Sword Coast! So, you guys have been ambushed by Grey Dwarves in the Firehammer Hold Hostel, and have defeated most of them, uh, except for one enlarged Grey Dwarf. But, one of the ambushers has retreated back into the hold to most likely call for reinforcements. So, you guys have decided to skedaddle before more Durgar arrive, and Jake has already exited the hostel and is mounting Longface, and Esmir, it's now your turn. What are you gonna do? So, I'm going to... So I'm gonna make a run for it too. Out the door, let's see. What do I see when I get here? You see me. Esmir, come on! Get on Tiny Longface, let's ride! That's not his name. That's what I call Tiny Longface. <laughs> it's Clippity Clop. Sorry, uh, do, is, uh, if I go where Jake is, will I be on my horse? Sure, if you dash, are you dashing? Yeah, I guess I'll dash, because I'm not going to take any other actions. Okay. So I'll get on my horse, too. All right. And then Wheezy is going to... I should just have Wheezy chase that guy down. But once he's 100 feet away from you, doesn't he, like... 
No. You can't see through his eyes, so it'd be up to him yeah, whether Weezy's, or not. No, Weezy's not like that. Weezy's is a, is a creature. Yeah, he'd be on his own. Right. So I, as I was running out, I'm like, Weezy, go distract that guy for us. So Weezy's going to run after that guy. Which guy? The captain. The captain. The guy who ran away? Yeah. Okay. So he's going he's gonna to go on a kamikaze mission. All right. Weezy's like... Okay. Okay. No, Weezy's going to take one for the team. Yeah, but he's just a weasel. He's not so smart that he can be like, Yeah, but he can. Suddenly, he's Tom Cruise. And he's like, I'm going to get you. He's Jason Bourne. He's throwing knives. He's rolling up newspapers and jamming in the middle of his socket. Hey, he could he could give um he could give us that extra five minutes advantage of getting away. Exactly. Time. Exactly. Or just get squished. That's and maybe later too. on we'll see him but rappelling down to, the cliff face. They still have to take a turn to kill Weezy. Turn is a turn, bitches. Alright, Weezy <laughs> disappears into the secret tunnel. And we go to With the, the chip chip. Chippity chip. <laughs> Bye. I don't know Bye. about this. As if to say, okay. Chippity chip, m and I've heard some stupid ideas from her, but this one takes the cake. <laughs> but he's loyal, and he does it. He is. And as you guys are running out, the enlarged Duergar steps in front of Elric and takes a swing at him. Good. You better not die. And hits with a 21. This is going to throw a wrench in our plan. 2d8 plus 1. Oh, doing 15 points of damage. My second wind has just been blown away. But that's okay. Good thing I did it. It's a good thing. Yeah. All right, Right. Elric, Jake and Esmir have uh, ran out of the hostel. And this large gray dwarf is trying to stop you from doing the same. What do you do? Uh, well, I get two attacks and movement, so I'm going to attack him while I can, while I'm here. See, just see what kind of damage I can do to him. But what about disengagement? I could disengage him. If, if you him. don't well, disengage, he'll get an opportunity to attack get an opportunity you run attack. away. All right, yeah, you're right, you're right. Just run! All right, I disengage, <laughs> and I run. Can I uh, dash after disengaging, or? No, because disengaging is an action. Okay, so it'd be 30 feet. So to the door... Is 15, and then 5, 10, 15 will put me out here. Okay. And fractions of a second later, you see me beating feet right past you, moving to my full 60 feet of dashing. All right, you dash out of the hostel, right past Elric, and onto Appa. Yep, yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Elric's like, hang on, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake. I'm almost uh, there. You and Esmir and Cullen are on your horses, and you watch as a wounded Elric trails behind with an enlarged Duergar not too far behind him. What do you do? Um, do some dressage tricks. Dressage tricks. <laughs> I mean, I want to start riding, but go ahead. I'll catch up. It's okay. Okay. Then, so Longface okay. can move sixty feet. Sixty. Okay, cool. Sixty feet would put me there. Running down the lane. Ride. <laughs> All right, Esmir. Jake has uh, turned Longface north, and he is galloping away. And you've just gotten on a clippity clap there. What are you gonna do? Okay, first Esmir is going to go backtrack towards the door. And she's going to throw her caltrops in front of the drawer. Ooh. Okay, nice. Give him something to do. <laughs> and I would like to move as ma- as many squares as I can. Okay, your pony can move 40 feet. That's eight squares. Giddy up. Clickety-clop. Elric, behind you, you hear the heavy footsteps of the enlarged Duergar. And you turn and see him come up to the door and aim a huge crossbow at you. And he fires. And he misses with a 15. Nice. This (laughs) massive crossbow bolt flies past your head. And as you dodge it, uh, you see Jake and Esmir riding off. And Bucephalus is like 10 feet away from you. What do you do? All right. So I'm going to move there, hop on him, 
And you got to do like the little vault move where you just hop on him like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I run. I vault onto the horse. <laughs> it's like, Bucephalus, we ride. Okay. Roll an athletics check. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jeez, don't fall, do bro. <laughs> I hope your cod piece doesn't get snagged. <laughs> Oh, so close, but you don't make it. No, you, you use your inspiration, bro. Please. I'm going to use my Please. inspiration point. Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go. Athletics, here we go again. Oh, oh, same, same oh, thing. That's same Damn. Two nines in a row, and I blew an inspiration What point. the hell? So what, am I on the ground, or am I just not, or am I on the horse, just not as gracefully? No. Well, <laughs> you were so close, right? You needed a 10. So you didn't fall, but um, Bucephalus wasn't ready for it, right? He, uh, he sidestepped as you <laughs> leapt up, so you just kind of leapt into, up into the air and then landed on your feet where Bucephalus was. <laughs> It happens. It happens. Sometimes there's a price to pay for being fancy. <laughs> All right, Cullen, you're on Appa, and you see Esmir and Jake galloping away, uh, but you see Elric over there. He's recovering from his fancy moves. What do you do? <laughs> I, uh, I cast a glance over my shoulder at the uh, dwarf, and I, uh, I say, another time, maybe when you've gotten a little smaller. I'll come back and kill you. And then I take <laughs> off. All right, so Jake, are you just riding full speed down the path? No, no, I I have to kind of pull up on the reins a bit and uh, look back and yell out, ride boy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pull up the reins because I'm 60, I'm 60 feet away from those guys. Yeah. And I got to wait for them to catch up. Okay. Esmir, uh, Jake is slowing down because he sees Elric is uh, still back at the hostel. What do you do? I'm going to shoot a firebolt at warrior number two on my way out. Okay. Roll it at a negative two because he's still inside, so he has partial cover. Okay, so I'm going to shoot the firebolt at him. 16 minus 2, 14. That misses. Oh. Mm. All right, so I'm going to use my inspiration point and try again. Wow. Okay. Come on, baby. Oh. Oh, man. Uh, what is with this baloney. thing? Right. God damn it. Right. <laughs> okay. So then I'm going to move my, I'm going to do my movement now. The club beats feet. Okay, so as you catch up to Jake, we cut back to the hostel where the uh, Durgar is squeezing his enlarged body through the door frame. <laughs> yeah, chubby. All right, so what's the deal with um, Caltrops again? Any creature that enters the area must succeed on a DC 15 a saving throw or stop moving this turn and take one piercing damage. Okay, so dexterity check. Yeah. Here we go. We're not very dexterous. And he rolled a five. Yeah. Right. Oh. So as he comes out, he steps onto a caltrop. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to stop moving and take one piercing damage. Okay. And then taking this damage reduces his walking speed by 10 feet until the creature regains at least one hit point. Nice. Oh, so it slows him down, too. Yeah, because you got a little sticky thing in your footy. <laughs> yeah. And you're too freaking stupid to take it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Elric, yeah. you're trying to mount your horse there when you see the big gray dwarf coming out of the hostel. He's coming after you. But then he suddenly stops and lets out a yelp. What do you do? Okay, so getting on a horse is an action, I imagine. So... That's going to be my action. Just do it carefully. I, I carefully put a foot in a stirrup. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I'm going to move. Okay, you can go ahead and move yourself 60 feet. All right. 55, 60 puts me right up there, actually. So I just put it into a full gallop. 
All right, so you guys are riding away, and you turn back, and you uh, see the Durgar hopping on one leg, waving his warpick at you. Yeah! We wave back. Bye! See you later! He's st- if he's still in range, I'm going to shoot another firebolt at him before we oh. get out of range. Oh, yeah, he's definitely still in range. Go ahead and target him. Parting shot. Okay, bye-bye! All right. 26. Mm. 26 hits. <laughs> He's stuck in the doorway and you just poke him. Does your toe hurt, buddy? <laughs> and the damage is six. <laughs> nice, that's, though. That's fine. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. We got to go. Wait, what's the dwarf god name that they worship? Dumbass. What? Well, I don't know what the Drugar worship. They... Maybe they worship something different than the... I thought they had defaced some statue with the name of their deity. Yeah, the statue of Vergadain was defaced with the symbol of the Durgar god Laduguer. Yeah, so don't let the door hit you where Ladigor split you. Yeah. (laughs) La-di-da. Your god, (laughs) La-di-da. How about you, Elric? You want to take a parting shot? I can shoot a firebolt at him and then run. That's right. So let me target him. I taught Elric right away. I was like, just just remember, as you're running away from guys, you could always shoot them with the fireball. <laughs> Ride, <laughs> fire. Ride, fire. Well, that's what I'm doing, because I, I put my glaive in the astral plane so I can have the reins in, my, in one hand and then shoot, because I have to use my hand, it's very dramatic, and shoot my <laughs> firebolt with the other hand. Is it now? <laughs> so, and he's 75 cool. feet away, the range of a firebolt is 120. So, da, 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 da. 21 hits. Hits! <laughs> and the damage, 13, 12 points of damage. Oh, pretty good damage. Heavy. He's in heavy. Wow. I don't know. Should we maybe turn around and try and kill him? <laughs> no. No, we need to get to safety. Okay, so you guys are galloping away from the hostel. Esmir and Elric release firebolts as they ride away. And we cut to a wide overhead shot of you guys spurring your steeds atop this 2,000-foot-tall cliff. Ah, cool. And soon, you reach the road that leads down. And you turn your mount south and begin making your way back down to the Iron Road. And by the time you reach the bottom, the sun is touching the horizon. And as you continue south towards Vergadain's statue, I would like you all to roll a perception check. I got a 15 plus 7 is a 22. Wow. That's 7. I got a 2. <laughs> so, Jake, as you're riding along, you notice a trail connected to the Iron Road that heads east down into a forested area. Ah. And that forest is where you saw the ravens and buzzards circling earlier today. Okay, and so I'm going to signal I'm going to lift my hand above my head and just swirl it around um, for those guys to kind of follow my lead. And I'm going to head into that path. Okay. Um, hoping we hear- can make it to the tree line into the woods. Yes. Do I hear anything from Wheezy? I mean, from Owly? Uh, so you're looking around for AC and... And you notice, uh, you see his um, silhouette flying high above that same forested area. Okay. Okay, guys, follow Jake. All right. Okay. All right, so you turn east and start heading down this trail that slopes downwards away from the Iron Road and the Forlorn Hills. And uh, soon you enter the tree line of this wooded area that you saw from up above on the main road, right? And as you enter, you immediately see signs of recent logging. You see uh, freshly cut branches scattered about, and you see uh, recently cut tree stumps and fresh sawdust scattered all around. And then it hits you, the pungent smell of rot and decay. Yuck. Mm. Yuck. This is disgusting. There's dead bodies nearby. Gonna have to check it out. I'm gonna just smoke some regular tobacco to 
kill the smell out of my, you know, just get my pipe out and just You're get it going. Smart. I think I have a scented candle in my backpack. <laughs> I hate vanilla. If it's vanilla, get rid of it. I'll just break off some pieces of hard cheese and jam a chunk in each nostril. <laughs> That's almost the same smell, though, buddy. I can't smell much better. <laughs> and as you guys continue down this trail, the smell gets stronger and stronger. And you also begin to hear the squawks of ravens perched in the trees. And then you come upon a clearing in the woods. And in the fading light, you all see a 10-foot-wide, 50-foot-long ditch that has been dug out of the forest floor to a depth of about five feet. Half of this ditch has been filled with rocks and dirt. The other half is still open. And when you look in, you see about a half a dozen corpses. Yikes. Uh, gross. Corpses of humans or dwarves? Well, you have to get closer to get a good look at them. I, I wish to inspect and check it out. I want to know what kind of creatures are at the bottom of the pit. Okay. I want to look specifically for Jack. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll get off my horse and go investigate. I'm going to pull out um, uh, my uh, sensor and I'm going to pack a little bit of incense in it and light it up and I'm going to hang it aloft as I slowly ride long face into this scene um, to kind of uh, cleanse it as well as uh, I'm going to, you know, give it its uh, little blessings from Agma um, while I also try to get rid of some of the stench. Okay, so you guys uh, dismount and make your way closer to this mass grave. And you look down into the ditch and you see the corpses of humans and a few halflings. They're all dressed in commoner's clothing and you don't see any dwarves or anyone dressed like a warrior or anything like that. It's people that stopped to stay at the hostel and were ambushed. Boy, How did yeah. that one loot player make it through here alive? Well, these people could be like the villagers of Jokin, too. Yeah, because you don't make a mass grave oh, for like random people that that's you kill. true. Yeah, they yeah. marched them off to the Forlorn Hills. I assume they took them through the portal. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I mean, that that's just one possible explanation yeah. for these bodies, mm. is that this is the people of Jokin. Right. Well, if you'd like to take a closer look and, and try and figure out what happened to these people, um, you can roll a medicine check. I'll hold my nose. Let me see what I have. I got a plus seven. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got a, I got a one plus seven is an eight. <laughs> I think the smoke from the sensor went right into my eye. Uh, three. I only got a seven. I got a rock. I got a rock. Okay. I got an 18. Oh, nice. I also, I, I, uh, Esmir is being overcome with disappointment. Yeah, I think Jake is actually um, really depressed right now, looking at this and seeing this waste of human life. And he's getting pissed off. Okay, Esmir, I whispered to you what you discovered. Okay, guys, I I noticed that, look, they all have bruises on their bodies, like they've been beaten often. Mm. And then I like look at one of their hands, I'm like, and their hands are heavily calloused, which means they've been, they were probably forced to they've work. They were slaves. They were yeah. forced to work. What were they forced to make, though? And then they died in their labors and were drug out here to be buried like common animals. And you guys also notice something else. Um, several of the bodies look desiccated, hmm. like their insides have been drained or sucked out. Uh, yeah. And you can roll a nature check um, to see if you can, you know, make sense of that. Well, I've got a plus two in nature. I got a 17, which avails me little. I got a five. I got zero. Oh, boy. These are some crappy huh. rolls. I got a one plus five. I don't see, this is interesting because 
I see that the signs... I see the signs of giant spiders have been feeding here, but... Oh, boy. Hardly enough, I don't see any traces of webbing. That is interesting. Uh, they must be in the woods. Mm. And that's interesting, because uh, when spiders feed, what do they usually do? They have, there's webbing around, so they usually, yeah, they usually cocoon, in case they're prey, they cocoon them, in a cocoon, so, so oddly, so if we see, so so, it must be something other than a spider if they're not cocooned. Well, if it's obvious that, um, the signs of giant spiders have been feeding, but there's no webbing around. Means they were somewhere else. It means they were somewhere else and dragged here. Yeah, but why would anybody go to the trouble of cutting them out and bringing them here? Unless the spiders came to the pit and just ate them here instead of cocooning them, which is not like a spider, but I don't know. Mm. It's a mystery. Can I roll, like, uh, Arcana to see if it could be some sort of magic? Sure. What? Okay, (laughs) Fantasy Grounds. That's enough. (laughs) <laughs> Another one. I rolled two ones. How about just checking generally for footprints and seeing, you know, there's is it possible to perceive if, if if any, you know, from what direction did these bodies come? I assume they were brought here by something, something, somebody, and and that type of thing. Just looking for tracks. Okay. Roll a survival check. Survival. Ah, oh, ten. Dang it. Nine. I got a two on survival. We're sucking hard. Let me try. I got a plus seven in survival. All right. Oh, man. So I got a 20. Jeez, Louise. A dirty dirty 20. Okay, so Jake, uh, you do find some tracks coming down the trail from Firehammer Hold and back again. They're like boot tracks that are small, but wide, like a dwarf's foot, right? Oh. And you also see tracks in the dirt that look like wheel tracks from perhaps a cart or a wheelbarrow. Gotcha, okay. So I'm thinking that these giant spiders are actually in Firehammer Hole. Yeah, they made them do something in Firehammer Hole. Yeah, Hard yeah. Labor. there were like slaves in there and, um, so when they reach the end of their usefulness, they give them to the spiders to feed, and then they chuck them out here. But not all the bodies are desiccated, right? Just some of them. Just some of them, yep. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The juiciest ones, the tenderest ones. Interesting. So it's almost like they were they were giving these bodies up for feeding, like um, almost as if the giant spiders are um, somehow either pets of these uh, gray dwarves or um this is guys this is disgusting this is gross and it's super messed up and it's super sad and jake's opinion is gonna be so sad when we see her yeah yep we must avenge these people and so i add a little more incense and walk around this burial pit uh talking words of agma and trying to um, bring peace to the souls. But at some point, we must set up camp in a safe place where we can take a long rest because, frankly, I am plumb tuckered, you say. <laughs> well, we should move off into the forest, I say, and get away from the stench of the bodies to take our rest. I agree. And as you guys are examining this horrible scene and Jake is praying for these poor souls. Asilius swoops down from above and lands on your shoulder, Esmir. And he tells you that um, this trail here continues south and leads to an abandoned village that looks like it might be a good place to rest. Ooh, good job, AC. Let's go south. All right. We'll continue down the trail. Obviously, this is where they bring the bodies and they don't go further than this, so we might as well go further on. I'm up for that. Yes, I agree. So you head deeper into these woods 
And just like AC said, the trail eventually curves and begins heading south. And as you make your way, you pass several areas of like newer forest growth, right? And you surmise that these areas were probably logged for timber long ago. And as the sun sinks below the horizon, you come upon an abandoned village, just like Casey said. And you see um, like clusters of stone structures, uh, but you can immediately tell that they haven't been lived in for quite some time because they're overgrown and they've lost their thatched roofs long ago. And as you approach, you begin to see rusty saws and axes and a moss-covered grindstone. And you begin to get the feeling that this was once a logger's thorpe or village, right? And you also see that from this thorpe, the trail begins to head back towards the forlorn hills. And you realize that this was the trail you found earlier near Vergadane's statue. I think we should camp out in one of these old loggers' buildings. Yeah. We can hide the horses inside one of them. That way we're not visible from the road. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wherever you see fit, let's just get cover. Okay. But I think I want to, I think I want our horses in the same. Well, yeah, we'll sure. Bring the horses in the buildings with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm sure there's like a wall that fell down on one of them we can easily walk into or something. Right on, so we can take a long rest or try? Well, it's getting on towards night, so I think, yeah. And we'll do, uh, we'll do our, um, watch order. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna set an alarm, and I'm gonna have AC out on patrol, too. Okay. No fire. No fire. And whoever is, whoever follows me, if they don't have dark vision, I give them the goggles. That would be me and Jake. Cool. Yeah. Esmir's been working on something too. She's she's got a little little parchment. She's got a little piece of chalk, or no, a little piece of charcoal, and she's been making a list. And it's Esmir's list of things she really really hates. <laughs> oh boy. And Mosquitoes. she's gonna read it to you guys, and she's got, you guys just let me know if I missed anything out here, okay? I hope I'm not on that list. Cause I gotta have a list now, cause there's so many things going on here. Giant dwarves. <laughs> no, they're okay. They're just being themselves. Cats. Okay. Wells. Wells. <laughs> Concierges. Um, hill folks. All hill folks. Concierges are just snotty ones. Just, yeah, most of them, yeah. For now, okay, we'll say I'll, most of so them. I'll. If I meet one I like, then I'll change it. Uh, <laughs> girls named after citrus fruits. <laughs> People with the word Nazi right in their name. <laughs> dolls. Oh, yeah. Forever. Forever. All dolls. Forever. Every doll that exists. Witch ladies that made you, make you age 40 years. That's a big one. Mm. And now I'm going to add on to that spiders. Spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss anything? No. Um, I think you got it all. Red wizards should be on there. Tattooed-headed mm. red wizards. Yeah, but see, you would expect them to be bad. It's the, <laughs> that's you know that's what I'm true. That's true. Like, they you don't can't need just... to be on a list. <laughs> right. You already hate them. Those are them. just, uh, you just know, a given. Those, yes, <laughs> exactly. Those are presumed to be on the list. Yes. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to have my list now that I'm old. Yes, I can see that you're cranky. Yes, I'm going to be more like Jake now that I'm old. Welcome to, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys make camp in a roofless stone cottage. And being exposed to the elements, everything inside has rotted away long ago. But it's spacious and comfortable enough for you and your horses, and you guys settle in for a long rest. And the night goes by quietly and without incident. But near the end of the night, 
you are all awoken by the sounds of Elric having an intense dream. Mm. Uh. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh, the blue man. The blue man. <laughs> I I guess I jerk awake. <laughs> Covered in a sheen of sweat. What's going on, kid? What's the matter with you? I just had the strangest dream. What was it? Uh-oh. I was riding my horse through smoke, through sounds of battle. Men yelled, steel clashed, women screamed and cried. The lamentation of the women. <laughs> Chaos ensued. There was smoke, but my horse made its way through the smoke. And I saw the source of the smoke. It was a village on fire. As the huts burned, soldiers clad in black armor rampaged through the village. Men in primitive hide armor with faces painted, painted, painted azure blue, fight the soldiers. So the the, 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 the black armored soldiers are fighting the blue-faced people. Suddenly, but they're like painted blue. They're not like yes. color of skin. Yes. And I hear uh, a battle cry behind me, and I hear. And I turned and I, and I saw three warriors of the village charging me with battle axes posed to strike me down, coming at me. But I raised my hand and then like a warbling mass of energy burst from my palm. It streaked to the first warrior, then the second warrior, and then the third. The like the, like, like rares of the lost ark. In the blink of an eye, all three slumped to the ground. But one of the warriors, he was smoldering as if he was on fire, but the second one was encrusted in ice, while the third one melted as if he was splashed with acid. It was very strange. Interesting. Uh, Was it your hand when you lifted it up? Yeah. My hand raised before me. I just saw it. It's like I'm witnessing all this. But that's not all. It's not over with. Uh, I got off my horse at that point, and I made my way into the chaos of the burning village. A group of soldiers make their way toward me. They were dragging a man, and when they got to me, they prop him up, and he is another blue-faced villager, an old man decorated with trinkets and feathers, the leader of the village I survived. I removed my helmet at this point. I was wearing a helmet, and I passed my helm to the nearest soldier. The helm is ornate and ordained with black feathers. Uh-oh. I drew my sword, and it felt comfortable and familiar in my hand, despite the fact that I'm a glaive user, but... The sword in my dream felt familiar. I raised the sword on high, and I brought it swiftly down on the old man's neck, and his head hit the ground as a girl's scream pierced the air, and then I woke up. Oh, wow. You know, I wonder if that raven's uh, shawl that you got from the witch, maybe it's affecting your dreams. Maybe. I'm not wearing it, per se, but it is with my luggage. It's, you know, it's on the horse. Yes. Right. So I think, I think that wasn't you in the dream. I think you were dreaming somebody else's memory, like whoever, whoever's cloak that was. I think so, too. It was a memory of one of your ancestors in glorious battle. Perhaps, perhaps we uh, had to take care of some village, some blue-faced villagers and burned them out. That's crazy. Crazy. Because you're seeing through somebody else's eyes. Someone else's eyes. Yeah. That's creepy. Probably because of the stole, but we'll see. I would think it would be a long dead ancestor. Yeah. I didn't know the Albonians were all voodoo-ish like that. (laughs) No, I think what it is is that it was probably a, a part of the territory that was not part of Albion, but hundreds of years ago, Albion conquered these people. And now it's been part of Albion for hundreds of years. Yeah, now it's coming back to kick your ass is what it's doing. I know. (laughs) Well, you know, not every kingdom is a nice kingdom. That's true. Conquering is a... It was its own thing. It was its own little territory until it became a fief of uh, Cormier. Mm. Things like that happened all the time. Yeah. Either way, I'm not too worried about it right now. It's just a weird dream. Uh, I'm kind of worried about it. (laughs) Well, I was going to offer you some twinkling pipeweed, but it seems like you might have had enough. (laughs) You know, I don't like this at all. It's, we, we already left the spooky house. Now more spooky stuff is happening. I don't like spooky. It's a forbidding omen. I don't like it. 
You're going to have to meditate on that, buddy. I'm going to have to think about it. Maybe I'll start wearing that stole. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, during this long rest, you took some time to examine this raven-feathered stole because um, it looks very familiar to you, right? Your Mm -hmm. father wears one like it, and even your grandfather wears one in his portrait in your father's study. Hmm. But this one is a little different. Uh, First off, it's very old and a little worn on the edges. And of course, this stole has been imbued with necrotic magic, right? Yeah. And you discover that if you're attuned to this stole, you can use its magic as a reaction, just like your shield spell, right? Uh Uh-huh. But unlike your shield spell, which can be cast when you're hit, the magic of this stole can be used when you are just targeted by an enemy. Hmm. And then, when you say the command word, the stole explodes into an unkindness or flock of dark celestial ravens that rush the creature that targeted you. Okay. That's cool. The crow. And if the attacker is a living creature, the unkindness explodes through them immaterially, and they are suddenly filled with visions of their own death. And the visions are so harrowing that their attacks this turn will be made with disadvantage. Okay, cool. And at the start of their next turn, they have to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw, or their attacks will again be made uh, at disadvantage. Okay. And if the attacker is undead, they are instead frightened of you, even if they're normally immune to that condition. Okay. And should the creature living or undead uh, succeed the saving throw, or take damage, the stole's power has no effect on them ever again. Hmm. And in either case, once the stole has done its job, it falls to the ground near the target, returning once again to just a feathered stole. Okay, cool. And basically it flies out at my target. Right. And then when it's done, it's, it falls to the ground at the right. where the target is. Right. So basically I have to go and pick it up. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fine. I just want to know that that's what I have to do. But it's, and it's a reaction. It's not an action. Yep. Correct. So if someone, someone takes a swing at me, I can just shout, you know, Ravenesius or something. I don't know. And <laughs> right. ra- unkindness Ravenous. Unkindness. Unkindness Ravenous. So do you have your current cloak? You can change forms, right? Oh, yeah. You're like a cloak master. You are. <laughs> I know. You have like a PhD in cloakage. It's <laughs> crazy. So that's pretty cool. Basically, it's kind of grim, but uh, I'll take it. It's very grim. If it's a vision of their death, it will be a vision of like two seconds in the future. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, baby. <laughs> All right. So the eastern horizon is beginning to lighten, and uh, you guys have stuff to prepare, right? Yeah, Jake is doing his daily prayer in the morning. So you picked your spells already? I picked them, yeah. Okay. I'm crossing my fingers for the panther. Okay, I'm going to roll. <laughs> or whatever number six is, which we've still yet to roll. Yeah. Okay, guys, here goes the fluff ball. Giant rat. Ball. And action. Four. Four is Borbor. Borbor. Let's do my portents. I'm going to meditate on the things to come. I see in our future. 17. 17. And 15. And 15. All right. And as you guys are preparing yourselves and prepping your gear and stuff, Asilius swoops in and lands on the stone wall of this roofless structure. And he tells you, Esmir, that he's been scouting the area and that he has uh, good news and bad news. Oh no. Give me the good news. Uh, The good news is that he's seen no sign of gray dwarves outside the hold. Uh, uh, They have definitely not come out searching for you guys. That's good. Interesting. Okay, now what's the bad news? And the bad news is that he's found no other entrances to the hold. Aha. That's not so bad. Good recon, AC. 
We're just gonna have to sneak back into the hostel and try the secret passage behind the bookcase. That they know that we know that they know about. Yeah. Or they might have thought that we went away, that we were just <laughs> traveling through, like uh, the little, you know. Like the other guy. Uh, like the bard guy. Yeah. They don't. It's not like we had our names embroidered on our capes, you know. Um, I may have said my name. I don't know. I was looking for Jack. I know that. I mentioned his name. Oh, yeah. Because I shouted at him. But, you know, maybe they uh, don't <laughs> care about that. Either way, my <laughs> guess is that they don't, like, expect us to come back. Yeah. Okay. But in, it, they're obviously going to be looking for more people to show up. Yeah. So maybe if there's a way we can sneak in without being observed. We need to infiltrate. Yeah. All right. Well, from the loggers Thorpe, you have two options to get back to Firehammer Hold. You can um, take the loggers trail to Vergadane statue and the Iron Road, and then make your way north along the cliff side, right? Or you can take the loggers trail back through the woods, past the mass grave, and then to the cliff road. You know, the same way you guys came last night. Either way is cool with me. I'm fine either way, too. I know. Either way is cool with me, too. I'm going to say Logger's Road that passed okay. the grave. Yeah, I, go, I, I vote Logger's Road, too. All right. It seems a little bit more stealthy until we get ambushed, but... <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next decision is, are you riding your horses or leaving them here in the uh, Logger's Thorpe? The abandoned loggers Thorpe. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should just leave them here. They're safe here, and we know where they are, and yeah. no, I think they, anybody else probably would. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I like the idea of the Thorpe. There's at least walls we can hide behind. We can take their saddles off and whatnot, give them a feedback. I just like saying Thorpe. I don't know what a Thorpe is, but I just like saying Thorpe. <laughs> so let's leave them in the Thorpe. <laughs> okay, so you guys leave your horses and start heading north on the loggers Trail. I'm going to walk slower now that I'm 40 years older. Oh, here, <laughs> let me give you a stick. Use it as a cane. Total crap. And with the sky beginning to brighten, uh, you guys begin to see the floating silhouettes of ravens and buzzards as they circle over the mass grave. Then you exit the tree line of the forest and start making your way up to the iron road. And once there, you pause and scan the area for any, you know, possible lookouts. And with none in sight, you quickly scurry across the road and begin making your way up the steep cliffside road to Firehammer Hold. Once at the top, you follow the road south, keeping yourselves close to the rocky face of the forlorn hills. Soon, you're at the fork and you peer around a a craggy outcrop, and there you see the hostel jutting out of the hillside. So you wait and watch. The door's closed, and the arrow slits are dark. And you wait for a while and see no activity. So you creep forward, uh, keeping your backs up against the hillside, and once at the building, you, you get down low and you peer into the first arrow slit. It's dark and quiet. Second arrow slit, dark and quiet. Third arrow slit, dark and quiet. And then finally the door. And once at the door, you immediately notice that Esmir's um, caltrops have been removed. And you listen at the door, all seems quiet. So who wants to go first? I whisper, who wants to try the door? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and stealthily, stealthily open it. Okay. It's like the spider's trap. 11 plus 3 is 14. Okay. The stone door smoothly slides open. Okay, guys, I'm going to sneak in there and see what's going on. Okay. okay. I'll back you up. Okay, so Esmir, you make your way in, and the living room is dark and empty and you see that the bodies of the Duergar you fought in here yesterday have all been removed. And in fact, um, it looks like the hostel's been tidied back up a bit. And you peer into the bedrooms, and even the beds have been made. It seems like the Duergar have prepared the hostel for more unwary travelers. Okay, guys, come on in. 
It's all clear. All right. Right on. Well, I'm thinking we should just go in, try the bookcase thing, and work our way in from there. We'll probably yeah. have to fight some guys, but that's, that's par for the course. For it's the a dungeon. Course. They don't yeah. call it empty dungeons. <laughs> know. Exactly. So I'm heading straight for the bookcase. Bookcase, beeline. Hold on. Hey, straight for the bookcase, kid. Hold on a second, okay? Hey, stop right in front of the bookcase. All right, Esmeralda. Actually, Mark, I want to cast my... Uh, ba ba da ba da 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 da. My. Never heard of that spell. Mage armor. Ah, good idea. I got a bad feeling about everything now. I think everything's just gonna be terrible all the time. So I'm gonna use my mage armor now because it's good for eight hours. Okay. And Shazam! How do I look, guys? Cool. It's invisible to me. <laughs> but you look good. Oh, it's real cool. It's got a big lightning bolt on it, and it's red and yellow. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go in there. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Get down me. low. There's a peephole. I'm going to stay right at the level I'm at. <laughs> She's eye level with the people. I'll, I'll get down low, but I got to stay near Jake, because Jake's got to stay near me, because, you know, we're, we just got the drift globe to cast light with. Okay. I'm following you. Scooch over. I'm going to look in the people. I want to break it. Just shut up. Move over. I'm going to look in the people. Okay, okay. But if you can't find the switch, I'm breaking it. All right, so Esmir, you take a look through the people, and all you see is that short, thin hallway that quickly turns to the left. Okay. Can I investigate the door? Sure. 13 plus 7, 20. 20? That's huge. Holy crap, your investigation is high. Okay, so you look over this secret door, and just like last time, you don't find any way of opening it, right? There's no switches or buttons or levers. Um, It looks like it can only be operated from the other side. So it looks like brute force is your only option. Damn it! (laughs) Okay, I got good news, I got bad news, and I got good news. The bad news is this door ain't got no switch. The good news is you can open it with brute force, and we got this guy. (laughs) Get out of the way. It's time for brute force. Elric, give me a hand. I shall do that. Yeah, just when you do the uh, grunting thing, try to keep it down. I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Colin and Elric grab hold of the bookcase. Uh, so, Cullen, roll with advantage. 16. Oh. <laughs> Just barely. You needed a 15. Oof. Nice. So, it's tough, but you two managed to pry the secret door open. That was good. You did that without grunting too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and you look in and see a dark, thin hallway. All right. Well, I got night vision, and I don't die too easy. So I think I volunteer myself to go first. Okay. Okay. My stealth isn't horrible either. So I'm going to go up to the corner and then look around the corner. Okay. Uh, You make your way in and peer around the corner. It's pitch black, but with your goggles, uh, you see that this thin hallway goes for about 40 feet and then it just ends at a blank wall. Oh, wow. It's a very narrow tunnel. Yes, you guys will have to go single file through this narrow passage. I wish to follow him, or at least go up to the corner. So I'm going to go down to the end of the passage. And before I leave, I, I turn to Elric and I say, Elric, Elric, yes. don't follow me. Not right now. If okay. there's a trap, I want to spring it. Okay. So I'm going to walk down to the end of the hallway and feel around by the dead end and see if there's a secret door here. Because otherwise, this is a really short trip. Okay, roll perception. And the rest of you, uh, watch as Cullen makes his way to the end of this passage and begin, uh, you know, running his hands along the walls. What do you guys do? I say we keep going. I say we keep going. All right, guys, everybody go in single file. I rolled a 20 perception. Wow. Nice. So with a 20, you easily find that there is indeed a secret door at the end of this hall. 
and as you are feeling around for it, it suddenly slides open. And it opens up to a grand staircase with a 20-foot high ceiling. And on the stone wall directly across from you, you see a magnificent bas-relief carving of a dragon facing off against a dwarf wielding a flaming maul. Oh, wow. Cool. All right, so you guys have made it into Firehammer Hold. Right on. All right, cool. We made it in. Dun, dun, dun. It's like the Hotel California, yeah. baby. Yeah, we make it out. But you make, can never leave. I can't sing that song. Yeah. Mm. Will there be blood sacrifice? Will there be wine? I'm sure we'll stab something with our steely knives. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but we will kill the beast. We will kill the beast. Mm, maybe. In the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. channeling their inner Don Henley as they realize their main quest has just begun. They have now entered Fire Hammer Hold. But what awaits them inside the ancient dwarven fortress? Is the Hotel California really a lovely place? Why would anyone jam a chunk of cheese in their nostrils to cover up a smell? What the heck is a Thorpe? Thorpe. 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 That is fun to say. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Rural Radio. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right. So uh, they're finally inside Firehammer Hold. And I'm looking forward to this because the party is assaulting this dungeon um, head on from the front, right? Now, why do I say that? I say that because in uh, in all the other uh, dungeons they've taken on, they've always entered through a back secret entrance, right? At Jolkin, they found the back entrance that took them into the cellars. And at uh, Harpshield Castle, they found the... Uh, secret Grick tunnels that took them into the dungeon. And at Phylon Lodge, they uh, found the um, the trapped back door. And of course, uh, those were all smart tactics, right? Why would you assault an orc or goblin stronghold from the front when you can sneak in and take them out uh, from the inside? But I didn't want them to do the same thing a fourth time. I wanted to see how they would uh, tackle a fortified stronghold with enemies who were uh, who were prepared to repel them, and I also wanted to to challenge them, right? To give them a different type of scenario that would make them perhaps um, use different tactics or or different spells, or to just uh, you know think about this dungeon differently. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that's what's you know great about this game. Every dungeon is a is different and can be you know tweaked by the DM to allow the players to use their to use their strengths, right? And also to exploit their weaknesses, and not in like an evil way, uh, not always at least, uh, but in a way that will you know challenge them, right? All right, so uh, we're back into the Scourge of the Sword Coast module from Wizards of the Coast, uh, but the haunt storyline that we just played through is still uh, haunting uh, the players, as we see with Elric and uh, that strange dream that he just had. So the Haunted Mansion uh, is going to be an important event uh, that will help me build upon er uh, Elric's backstory. Right. Uh, that's why we have, you know, players come up with their character's backstory uh, so that we can, you know, incorporate it into the uh, campaign and make them feel more connected and invested in the uh, developing story right? and the story that we're developing together. So I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, kind of getting into that uh, for Elric. 
All right, so the holiday season is upon us. We want to say happy holidays to Andrew Capone, who produced the Roll Radio theme, to Sirenscape.com, where I get all the amazing in-game music and sound effects, and uh, happy holidays to Wizards of the Coast for making Dungeons & Dragons. And of course, a big uh, holiday hug to all our patrons. Thank you very much for your support. And to all you listeners, happy holidays and happy new year from all of us here at Roll Radio. All right, so we'll be back in 2022. All right, uh, with a new episode on uh, January 9th. All right, so we'll see you guys then. And thanks again for listening.